there. I'm Leanna Hinkle with the Hinkle Homestead. And I'm Lindsay Weiniger with the Weiniger Farms. And we are your hosts on We Chose the Farm. Hello. It's episode 24 and boy do we have a treat for you. It's interview day and we're still talking honeybees. we had a chance to sit down with Jill from Honeybee Menagerie and let me just tell you you need to block out a good chunk of time for this episode normally our episodes are pretty short but Jill was chocked full of information and stuff that you need to know so be prepared this one's definitely longer pause and come back but I'm telling you you want to save this episode and reference it every time you have a question about honeybees. Jill is full of information. So without further ado, let's talk to Jill. She jumps right in, let me tell you. So be ready yeah, so to take notes. In our last couple episodes, we, like I said, we just kind of touched base on like um, it, what it would look like if you picked up a nuke, what it would look like if you picked up a package and how you like kind of ease into the start of it. But like I said, there's literally so much involved with bees and I feel like it changes all the time. There is isn't it. And it also depends on what your level of, you know, knowledge is. Right. How long have you been doing it? What equipment do you have? And then I kind of formulate a plan for you. Right. Sure. Um, most people are coming into it like, I've got nothing. What do I do? What do I need? And I'm like, you gotta have all the equipment. Yeah. And there's a lot of different things you can pick in equipment even. There is, yeah. I mean, there's eight frame, there's ten frame, there's the horizontal hives. Um, and so sometimes I have to know a little bit, like, because when they, they're talking little kids, I right. always want to go geared towards the horizontal because there's not a whole lot of lifting with that. Right. Um, so there's all of those options and equipment first to get you started. And then um, if you are brand new with all new equipment, that's when I recommend you get the Nuke because it comes with five frames right. that are already drawn out. They'll have the beast, the queen, and already a brood patch started yeah so she's laying they're they're hatching they're all herbies so there's no chance really of rejection um there's already the food storage there so they're they're committed to that house they're staying yeah so when you when you go and take that new comb and you remove those frames and you put them in that box they're like oh we're staying here because there's there's something here for us to feed off of um, but a lot of people want to get started super early and that's when the packages come in. Sure. So they're after that package in yeah. April and, um, normally those are brought up from the South. Um, so a lot of times they're Italian Queens. Yeah. Um, Italians like warm weather a little bit okay. better than the Carnolians are geared more towards the cold North yeah. climate. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times people... They, they want to get started so early because they think that they're going to get ahead that way. Um, and you can if you have already established high that had died. Right. Yeah. So you've already got your combs. Then you just take right. the package, you stick it in there, and then you feed them. Um, but also the problem then is you got to get them to stay in there. Now the comb's already going to be an investment for them that they want to get started right away putting the food in there. Right. So... Um, 
but you don't a lot of times i mean i know the queen in there is supposed to be a mated queen but you don't know those people are ordering from yeah tell me you said something about um that you raise your own queens and i've i've seen your facebook page and i watched you put the queen cups on the is it right they're like the individual the bars how do you how is that i don't even i don't even like literally understand yeah, the, cup the concept of this tells the bees what um what to feed okay the larva in there so the cups are larger and that tells the larva it needs royal jelly because it's going to be a queen because it's a different size than the drones and then the workers right Right. okay correct and so all i do is i have the bar with yeah all the 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 bars the frame with the bars on it and then um i use the um jay-z bz and you just nail them on there and then they have a nice little pop-off type of a okay yeah. And you just order those things. Um, I did advance this year into making my own cups out of wax. Yeah. And those ones I just, you know, I heated the wax under some heat and then stuck it on there. Yeah. That's and put, because you can manipulate the size of the queen by doing that yourself. Oh, sure. Sure. And a lot of people want big queens, so you can make the larger cup for a bigger queen. Oh. And then, or, or the commercial ones will give you a commercial size. Yeah. Yeah. Queen. And yeah, I'll put in 60 of those at a time into a nurse hive and they'll raise that many queens and then I'll remove them before they hatch and put them in the individual little hives. Okay. And it'll take um, um, three weeks before I can evaluate to make sure they went out, mated, came back, and are started laying. That's nuts. And then those will go into what's called basically a nuke. You're pulling like say three, four frames out of your established hives from the year sure. before, putting the new queen in there and then setting them off to the side. That's how I make the nuke in the spring. And I give them 30 days to start uh, laying their eggs and yeah. start developing a whole new colony. That is, that's mind-blowing. It's a I lot know. of work. How long have you been doing this for? Um, I've been around bees my whole life. My dad raised them. Okay. okay. And then when I, you know, left, went to college, whatever, came then came back and... The reason I got into the bees was my husband had acid reflux. And I yeah. researched online that they're like, oh, honey can, you know, prevent or whatever. Help so you. I thought, oh, I'll start raising, well, That's I thought I'd give him honey. But yeah. the, what you needed was unheated honey, and I couldn't find that anywhere. Huh. So anytime you heat it, it, it denatures right. the exactly. enzymes or uh-huh. renders them inactive. So I thought, I'll have to raise my own bees now. So I got started raising my own bees, and then when I took the queen rearing class, that's when, you know, you start doing all that. <laughs> you that's can so really cool. start cranking out some bees. And then I just, on a whim, decided to go and learn how to artificially inseminate queens. And I was successful at that. And then that's how you know that your genetics are pure then. Right. Right? Correct. Because that's what I was, that's, I was talking to Jake, I said... I don't understand how you have a corneola and then you finish with corneolas. Like, how do they not just get jumbled within, like, the rest of the right. world, but you artificially mm-hmm. make That's sure how that we it's get, pure? So the queen that I ordered from Washington State was – she she breeds them there. She brought in genetics from, you know, um, Slovenia which are supposed to be the oldest genetics for the Carniolian. And then she shipped me that queen. So that's the parent queen. And then in genetics, we call the first offspring the F1. 
Okay, sure. And then you have F2. Well, in the B world, by the time you get to F2 and F3, if you're naturally mating... Right. It's You do toast. have a cross. You just have a mutt. They're calling them mutts. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And diversity is good, you know. Sure. Everybody knows a mutt's great, but... um. If you really want to select for certain characteristics, certain qualities that we need to try to improve the bee um, population genetics, that's when you have to get the pure carniolan genetics. So how many different types of like bees are there? I guess that are around like this, maybe not Midwest, but around in the States area or like what are... Well, why would you choose one? I guess you know what I mean because, like, we yeah. all know that there's like thousand different breeds of cows, pigs, chickens, all these other things. But what makes one better than the other as far as like good quality traits? Like, I know that African bees are the ones that everybody thinks of that like go crazy and attack right, you. Sting a lot. Yeah, correct. So there would be a genetic for that. Um, and you know, their genetics kind of get shuffled so much to where they're watered down. And so what you do in the sure. bee world is you start breeding for that trait okay. that characteristic so you'll put out a hundred queens and then you'll come back and you'll observe all hundred of those hives okay. in which the one carnial and trait that everybody likes is a black color so i'll go through them hundred hives and i will put a mark on the ones that are black so those are going to be some of the ones that i would be looking at to select for my next um, yeah. line and there's other things you look for which is the hygienic behavior um, and that's when they're, um, like if I mark them on their back with the, with the pen, they'll start, you know, trying to wipe yeah. them off. Um, the, the other bees want to clean and, um, that's one thing that you look for. And that's one thing that you want to select for when you get into the mite biter type oh, series. Yeah. Okay. yeah, That's a way to help develop the mite biter was they selected for that hygiene cleaning behavior. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be one you're going to want. You're going to want them gentle. I'm not going to want to get one of them dark colored bees and she's going to be super mean. She's going, nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't keep them. I like the docile genetics, which is very common with the carnelian anyway. And this is how you just start going down the line. Now, if I ever, um, the second line of bee that I have besides the F1 carnelian is what I call the gel bee, which is pretty much a mutt that I have selected for yes. different traits in her. And that um, I like what I see. Mm-hmm. And so one person that buys all my queens, who've just never bought anything but from me, but like two years ago, I just had the Jilby that I was selling. And then he wanted, when I shipped in this um, Carniolian, he wanted to try the F1s off of that, which is a very strong, you know, Carniolian. I naturally mated them, so they did mate with Illinois Genetics. But when he had his state inspection, they all did better on their mite counts. The Jilby did better than the pure carniolian. So that's um, where maybe the carniolian, they need to keep selecting for more hygienic behavior in them. Now, the carniolian beat the Jilby when it came to uh, beetle. The, okay. the the F1 carniolians are really heavy propolizers, the ones that I have. Okay. And I believe that that helps them. They build these little cages, these little chambers out of that propolis, and they lock them beetles in there. And the Jolby was not as heavy of a propolis. Um, so I'm going to start selecting some of the Jolbys that are heavier in propolizing, and I'm going to keep uh, multiplying that behavior to try to see if my... Um, 
beetle numbers will stay down better like the carnivalians. Yeah. Now that I got my mite resistant better than the carnivalian. And, and that's all you do. And so that's where the Saskatraz, that's where the pole lines, that's where the, um, what are some of the other, the fuck fast. Yeah. They just created a name and selected for different characteristic traits. It sounds so complicated, but then you're like, oh, but that makes total sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, but it's I'm not saying the... it's any easier by any means, no. <laughs> but it's just like, But it, oh. it's very relatable. You could apply that same technique oh, with absolutely. dog breeds or, you yes. know what I mean, or no, anything exactly. else. That's like, how that's all been done. So it's the same with you the You don't like a dog that sheds, so you Yeah, hypoallergenic and, yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's nuts. I just didn't. You didn't know we did it's that with the so insects. It's so complex. <laughs> it's very you... complex. But these things now is like all our food hinges on them. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. it comes to, you know, the pollination series of plants. Well, sure. Um, because of the spring has eliminated the, um, well, it's the wild bees. Right. Not the honeybees. The honeybees are fine. I mean, we can raise them like there's nobody's <laughs> tomorrow's business, you know. Yeah. Um, they're not endangered at all, but the regular native pollinators are. So, And when you have the almond fields that are so full, there's not a blade of grass there, you know. You have to chuck them in to um, be mm-hmm. able to pollinate that many blossoms in such a small space. Yeah. 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 So... Back to the beginners, I guess. I always, unless they've lost the hive previously, I recommend the nuke. And then I tell them, if you want to go with that April time frame, you can go with the package. Just know you may have to replace queens. And I don't always have the extra queens in the spring. Because I'm filling nuke orders plus... The shipments have gotten real since yeah. I started shipping last last year. I mean, I got orders for 50 at a time now from one person. So my, my May, I have an order for 50, like beginning of May. And then I have an order for another 50 from another person that's going out to Washington State for another 50. I'm like, that's just two people. <laughs> that's crazy. I can just keep exponentiating. So do you, I mean, with all of your orders that you're doing for creating bees for everybody else, like, do you even have hives, like, for you that Mm -hmm. does the, I mean, do you have the time to get any honey? Like, well, and I'm gearing away from honey more than anything. I'm just sticking with the queens now because, I mean, it's just a byproduct, though. I mean, I take my observatory hives and I do pull a lot of them down sure. to make the newts, but I have to have an X number of observatory hives where I can observe these queens yeah. so that I can know, feel confident myself selling them that they're a good producing queen. For sure. And that was the reason I bought the queen from Washington State. So it's from Sue Kobe. She's the leader in the industry. She was, it was a thousand dollar queen. And the reason I did it was, you know, how do you know where you rate? Yeah. yeah. If you don't have one of their queens. So I have one of her queens there in my yard and, you know, I run them next to each other to oh see how they're gosh. keeping up and comparing to those. And it builds a confidence level that, you know, you can sell your queens yeah. and not feel like inferior product. Um, so that, that really helped sales last year. I mean, it, you know, I had to, I came up with like from August, there was like 300 queens wow. on because August was when I started shipping and everybody wanted those 
to try. And um, several people had said that the the Jill V was outperforming the guys in the south. See, I didn't start shipping until late. So yeah. the people that went north, yeah. their hives shut down early. So we didn't get a whole lot of comparison. But the guys that went south really liked the the um, brood pattern on the Jill B. And uh, so they're kind of pushing me to go that way. Everybody's, you know, telling yeah. me, go back oh, to your old cool. one. Go back to your old one. I'm like, I probably will because I show, I don't see a whole lot of signs of mm, anything superior to what I had for that amount of money. Hmm. So, okay, you have so many observatory hives and every. How many hives do you think you have all together? Like all together, probably about when they did my inspection last was 150 hives. Um, and then I have out yards. Oh, um, also where I have stashes of hives that. You know, they expand and contract constantly. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to say there's probably 30 in addition to the 150. But I try to keep double deep, full capacity, right. cranking out high. But I've also taken on other clients that the people are trying to get into the business. So they're building their numbers. Yeah. So I have my bees in their hives. And sure. they're calculating the amount of honey coming in. And I'm like, oh. Thank you, because then I don't have to be doing these observatory hours. See, I need to take on right. a commercial, right, which is what I'm starting to do, taking on the commercial guys so they can monitor that stuff. They can monitor them. I have to spend all my time breeding and um, getting these queens, yeah, you know, mated and back. And the orders come in faster than I have to put people on hold because I can't keep right. myself. Only one person can do so much. Sure. Wow. It's a lot of work. That's so. fantastic. Yeah, but it's stressful. Sure. It's super stressful. And the worst part is, is in the winter when all the new quarters yeah. come in and you're like, oh, please, girls, make it through winter, make it through winter. Oh, because you that don't has to be want, terrifying. Yeah. Well, I get this guy wanting 50 because he's going to split his eyes getting ready to go to the pollinator. Yeah. You know, and he's like, I need him by May. And I'm like, May is early for Illinois. It's yeah. so cold yet to get them mated. But he wants my, my uh, queens for my fall nukes. So if I pull those yeah. and I ship them out and then I put new queens in as early as possible, hopefully I can get the nukes out by the third week of May still. Wow. But I mean, you know, come yeah. on. That's, That's like, like really... if everything has to work out exactly. just perfectly. And I already told him, I'm like, look, if you're on, you know, if you are, yeah, go get them from the south because don't rely on me because Illinois can be so crazy it's, in the spring anymore we lost hives in march last yes. year <laughs> like yeah yeah it was insane because it was so cold for so long yeah. you had to be in there feeding sugar constantly because yeah. they had already run out yeah and it was april even losing hives mm. and i was scared about my nukes in may because yeah. i lost a nuke in may they starved out so that's scary um but then i the the next step after you get them so much to it people instantly think because they see a double deep hive out there that's what a beehive should be yeah and they take that nuke and they stick it in that double deep hive and that's way too much space and they struggle the full year and this is this is what I caught myself doing years ago when I first started you know when I was just a novice and I didn't have 100 bees to watch yeah I blame it on the farmers 
blame it on the farmers. My bees are dying because they're spraying my bees. Are oh, dying. yeah. <laughs> now I found out it's like, oh, it was totally me. <laughs> it wasn't them at all. I felt bad. Oh, my gosh. But when you, when you really start raising queens and you've got that many highs, 150 little observe little uh, breeder boxes to go through you start seeing so much and you start making so many connections because you're like this is doing this and this one but it's not doing that one what's going on here but here you know here i have this whole colony die off but yet the one right next to it, it's not dead how can that be yeah did all these bees go to the same tree that got sprayed or (laughs) why this one and not that one and that's when i started making connections yeah. You know, with colony collapse disorder. And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't stop feeding those bees. So they had built up this whole colony on an artificial food source. And mm-hmm. I had stopped feeding. And the whole The whole one died. died. Oh. <laughs> it didn't die completely off, but it reduced all of its numbers down sure. to a new size. And I was like, that's when I made the connection. And finally found some research where it's saying that artificial bees feeding could be causing colony collapse disorder. And I'm like... So I learned so much when I really started rearing the queens and started going through so many hives. And now, I mean, I posted the video of the, um, I don't know if you guys seen it on the Central Illinois, the the airplane that comes by my house and sprays and my hives are right on the roadway. Yeah. And I was like, every year I'm like, I'm going to have dead bees. And I've never lost bees due to that spraying now. Yeah. Ever. That makes me so happy to hear that. (laughs) I know. But then I was just feeling so bad because I was like, every time we get so mad at those sprayers and those farmers, and it's like, you know they're taking a beating right now. Right. And I don't know how these spraying companies are able to call all these people. There's bees everywhere. Like you were saying, though, last time it wasn't a pesticide. It was a fungicide. Yeah. So they were saying, so I was talking to a few people or whatever, and they were saying that because of the... GMOs that they're adding into the corn seeds or the crop seeds that they didn't need to have the pesticides go over them because they're creating more like bug resistant strains of product just like you know you are with the beet you know what I mean of so they don't need to spray the pesticides because the bugs aren't eating them as bad as they were before I guess yeah I've heard some stuff about that and you always ask if it's herbicide with fungicide because think there is something mixed in with the fungicide yeah sure but they just call it fungicide so that you don't really ask or something there's something about that one and then this brings up a whole new topic of research that i would like to do that i'm not sure that i want to know about or not yeah when you talk about those things that they're putting into the plant so like the bt corn there's a soybean Mm -hmm. they add something to the soybean gmo that when the bug eats the plant sure the juices of the plant it kills the bug and so our concern now is when the honeybee takes the nectar and takes it back to the hive is that toxin in the honey because mm. it's in the juices of the plant that right the eat that kills it and so there's some research done on that that's not looking so great, but I don't know how whether we can believe all but of it or not. Because beans are not beans don't pollinate like bees. They do. do. Yeah, you can increase your soybean by eighteen percent with bees. Hmm. 
I mean, I think corn you can, but they usually don't. Corn is the pollen, but it's not a really good source of pollen for the bees. Because that's corn wind is pollinated. wind pollinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So they don't uh-huh. use bees for that. But the 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 um, soybeans, yes. And that oh, was the concern was that if it's if it's a um, no, they put the they put the pesticide on the seed, and then when the rain so when comes, it... it washes that into the root where the root is. And okay. the root takes up that pesticide. The, nu- the nutrient or whatever, yeah. Yeah, but, and yeah. then when the bug eats the plant, it kills the bug. Hmm. So, well, the bu- the honeybee comes and it takes the nectar, but it doesn't, like, it puts it in its honey gut, I think. It's not the... Really, it's not really digesting it. Or, well, so. there's enzymes in sure. there that does stuff to it, and then it kicks it back out into the... Comb. Oh, that's a lot of research that I'd like to get into, but then it's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, like how far down the rabbit hole do you really go in all uh-huh, of that? Yeah, I know, I know. And then, you know, the whole save the bee thing was actually for the native bees, not the honeybee at all. Yeah. And so, you know, hmm. I mean, but um, it's all confusing and hard to figure out. Um, I mean, I guess I do like that the whole save the bee thing made people aware of bees. That, that I was mean, probably the goal more than... Yeah, you know the certain anything, specific yeah. type of because they are needed for the pollination. There's for no sure. if fans or butts about that, you know. Um, and it we're losing the beekeepers more probably than anything because yeah. it's just it's the work is you know it's There's hot and uh, you're getting stung and it's dirty and so yeah you really want to pay those people well for doing that what they but do. But that's also like for bigger commercial yeah i yeah. mean i was gonna and say Lindsay, you have three hives or four and three. i mm-hmm. and i've got four mm-hmm. I, the time that we spend right. probably outside it's is you know a half hour or something compared to what i'm big yeah from yeah, morning I, till night and i'm still not done i try to get as much as i can during that daylight I, I time. go in yeah. after 10 a.m and then uh go till i feel like it's not too cold to get in in the evenings with those those queens and the larvae. Um, but the commercial guys, you know, you got to understand it's not a full year's worth of you got to cram it work. all in, in you the know, season. You got to cram it all in. Mm-hmm. You got to make all your money yeah. in those months. And so, you know, it's got to pay for a full year's job. And yeah. that's why I think maybe when the awareness came, that's going to help with that. Mm-hmm. Getting those guys a, a decent income for what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the poor, <laughs> the poor newbies. Those are the ones that struggle probably the most. And um, sure. these bees aren't cheap, right? And there's a lot of things that you know. The first thing I say is the box size. You know, keep the size small so they can heat. Because if they can't heat it, they can't raise a very large amount of bees. So you want them warm so that they can disperse, and then way they can defend all areas of the hive. Um, and then, uh, that's my first, um, you want to check for mites. If you don't do mite checks, you're never going to have a real strong colony. It'll probably stay down. I, I'm, I would say you'd want it in the single deep. Yeah. You can get to a double deep, but then usually take it back down because your mites are going to kill off most of your bees in the fall. You're never going to have a lot of honey come from a double a hive when you're first going what they call treatment free 
Um, it's sure. going to take a while for those genetics to get worked out. I mean, you hear people say, oh, I have treatment free and I'm getting a ton of honey. But that, I, in my opinion, it's because they've turned over enough queens that um, they've found the ones that are mite resistant. Right. Then once you get that, then the numbers start growing big enough to where you can get honey source. But I wouldn't say anybody who just gets a nuke could go treatment free. Because sure. you're not necessarily going to have that genetics. When, right. Unless you were like go for a mite, smaller mite biter mm-hmm. colony, then you're already geared towards those mite resistant uh, genetics. So yeah. I really push people to do their mite checks, test that. How, how uh, there's two ways to do mite checks, right? Is it well, the sugar roll, yeah, and then the alcohol wash. And I recommend the alcohol wash just because it is way more accurate. Um, you can do you can make a lot of mistakes with the sugar powder sugar roll shake. Okay. Um, so I, I I mean three hundred bees, you know, the grand scheme thing is nothing for um, sure to lose in a colony. Um and so keep up with the treatments. Uh that's about the the main two things that will really make or break you is the hmm. um and then the food. You know, making sure they have plenty of food. And uh, I think that's the winterizing is always a big one people ask about. Um, and I try to winterize for all different occasions. Uh, the You're going to be more successful if you know you're, <laughs> you know, you got to know a lot of colonies to know what a colony is like going into winter to know what it's going to need. And most people don't. Yeah. So. Um, it's me. I don't I don't know. You can't. Yeah. And there's. Oh, and going online even to research it. You know. Everybody there's a thousand says, different answers. Le- yeah. Leave the upper entrance. But you know. That depends on. You know. How big of a hive do you have. You got a really strong hive. You can leave that upper entrance. You got a smaller hive on. You know. I just had a guy call me. Who lost three out of four of his hives. And I'm like. He had three deeps, and his third deep was solid honey. And I said, well, I really think you've let that solid top of honey get so cold, you got to block ice sitting on top of those. So, oh, shoot. You know, yeah. so I'm like, you, you, and with the upper entrance, you're just pulling the cold air completely through there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then people will then, you have moisture issue if you don't, but, you know, if you add things in there to help absorb moisture, like the sugar boards and things like that, okay, so then you're not going to be dealing with so much moisture. As long as you're not feeding late into the winter and that honey's mostly converted into, or the nectar's mostly converted into ne- into honey, you're not having to work off all that extra right. moisture. Um, some people wrap them. Some people don't. Um I think that depends on what color your hives are. You got the white hive; it's not gonna hold, it's not gonna absorb as much heat from the sun, so you might want to wrap that with some tar paper. If hmm. you um, have a dark colored hive, it's it gonna absorb more, more yeah. heat. Um, so that's kind of some things you can do. Sugar boards are always great. People ask about screen bottom boards versus not. I'd say if you're going to run a screen bottom board, do not have the upper entrance. Sure. Because then that way you're not, you know. Bringing the air, yeah, the yeah. cold air you're right You're going to have it. like a capsule over top so that when they need it, they can pull it in one side and then kick it out the other bottom. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but see, there's just so many different, you know, scenarios. Um, 
reasons why some people use one way versus another and it works it can work every time but then you got to know the conditions in the hive to know whether it's going or not hmm. and that's very hard when people call you and say without you seeing their hive what do i do I did. I called you. And they wanted you to produce the answer. <laughs> I yeah. do. We talked for a very long time now, this past year. If I see pictures, I usually, you know, there's only so much that can go on in a hive. Sure. And when I see pictures, I can, you know, boom, right here. Oh, this is what's wrong. You know, you can see. You can just tell. Yeah. Um, but going into winter when you can't pull out all them frames and you can't see how developed their honey crown is and things like that. Hmm. Yeah. You can't. You cannot tell. Now, one thing you want to do going into winter, and this is why we always take off those supers, get them yes. to put the honey down in. And you don't want too much honey because too much honey becomes a problem as well. You don't want solid frames of honey. You want that open patch on the bottom because when, you're, when your bees cluster, they have to go down into the open cells below mm -hmm. the honey in order to stay warm and cluster down and if you have a solid frame of honey they can't do that so that they need yeah. to come and work their way up so you want to get out all those solid frames because all they're going to do is pull down the temperature of your hive once because if they're sitting out to the side of the hive and your clusters here they're going to start cooling yes. down cooling down cooling down so um i don't know why i've never heard that leave the um the the frames that have more of what's called the honey crown and they'll leave the bottom portion open and that's so when they start working up they can crawl in there just yeah and cluster under that honey and work their way up hmm. um but they don't they're not going to go like over to the side they need to come from the bottom that's up and that's a lot of time why people tell you some people swap the boxes yeah you know in the spring and um you gotta watch doing that because the heat rises in the hive right so usually from the fall they're at the bottom and then they'll work their way up right and if you swap it too early and you took your brood down to the bottom and the heat's going up to the top then a lot of times in order for them to stay warm they'll go to the top and they'll leave the brood at the bottom to chill so if you, chill, if it, if you get a cold snap late in the spring and it happens. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like this is, you're literally explaining every possible thing that went wrong this past <laughs> year already. And it always does happen. And that's why but, you feel so sorry. But ugh, there's, it's so hard to explain. To, I mean, how many different scenarios there are that could go oh wrong. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. There's so many. And that's why you hear so many people losing so many hives. For all different reasons oh, or... Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm like, you guys can't really just take all four of your hives. And if you're really on it, you can't winterize them all the same. They all need to be, you know, because this, like the one guy, he did three deeps on every hive. And it's like, if one's smaller, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, and they'll always say, cold doesn't kill the bees. Uh, moisture does. Yeah. But That's what you, I literally said that last time. If it's so cold, they never have a chance to break cluster. Yeah. Then if they get up to the top of the honey and there's no honey, they don't move to the side. You see, they, they yeah. have to warm up so they can break cluster and move to a new area where they can right. get the, the honey. So, 
each one when you go in in the fall and you'll have to do this for years and years and then and and it's hard i tell people because when you only got four to watch you don't right. learn a whole lot you know but when you've got a hundred that you're like oh that hot's probably not gonna make it you know <laughs> and then you'll see which ones and you're like i remember that one last year why is that the one that survived but this huge one over here is the one that died yeah well the huge one over here is probably eating up a lot more food um that could be they could be creating more moisture in there yeah um things like that i noticed that your single deeps over winter better than your doubles sometimes Mm -hmm. because in your doubles going into fall it can be a little iffy Mm -hmm. like there's not quite enough but there's too many to make it a single and so you leave it a double and then it's like you have that fall die off and then it's like oh you let that hive get too cold and it croaked but Probably had you pushed them down into the single, they would have done okay. It's tough to make the call. Yeah. And, like, with me, with enough that I can split and we're going to go the next year because we're going to be cranking out more bees. I don't have to worry too much. But people who are going to lose a $400 hive, that's stressful. Yeah. Especially if you want to You need to, like, name each of your hives, like, Karen, Sheila, Betsy. A lot of people do. Because they're all different. They all have different personalities. They yes, all have to be treated true. as their own over-emotional woman. <laughs> that's true, too. That's nuts. Uh, that is crazy. So, okay, so when is the best time? How do you know when you're ready to split? Well, like, I... <laughs> well, I, there's a thousand probably mm-hmm, possible things Exactly. For so, for me, breeding queens, and I have this, what's called a hotel, and it's basically a 10-frame box... And it has the dividers in it that makes four different rooms. Okay. So I have two frames in each one of those rooms. And I go throughout the year. And once that queen loads that up and those hatch out, I have to remove one frame there and put a new frame in. And I'll do that on all four of them rooms. And now I've got a nuke. So see, I've had to split those single, those two frames already. Ooh, that's a lot of math. Yeah. And split those two frames. So when you, if you're running a double deep, as long as both of those are 80, you can make that split. Now you have two singles that are ready to double again. Yeah. So if you have a single and you want to split it, then you wait till it's 80% full of bees on eight of the 10 frames. Right. And then you take five and five. So you can split that. I mean, you could split all the way down to the box size that you yeah. want to make. You've seen people making the queen rooms that are two-frame right, queen Right, right, right. Okay. So that one you would split once the two frames are full. And you okay. give them a new frame. and Because that's the size of that. Okay. Right. And when you have eight, if you go into the eight frames and you're like, oh my gosh, okay, let's split it. Take four frames out. So splitting is whatever you want to split. You could split anything. I mean, I, I split my little mini rooms too i mean yeah anytime you want to give it a queen it can start with two frames as long as you um you're looking at your your heat your you know your summer's warm so they're not going to get the club the brood's not going to chill and do you have to so when you split you have to have another queen or that will they just make it you can let them make but the problem is your older bees okay so how long does it take for a queen to start laying 30 days how long does a worker bee last in the summer yeah, not long. Long 45 six, days. Yeah. So you're going to be losing all your nurse bees while you're waiting for that queen to raise a new okay. one. So that's why I'd recommend not 
splitting that small of a hive sure um without putting a new queen in it one that's ready to lay right now so um that's how you're going to keep your smaller rooms functioning and not dying off because it takes them the because by, by the time she's laying at three weeks it's still going to take another 21 days to get those new nurse bees hatched out right so, so just you're going to almost lose really... your whole hive by the time <laughs> it's going to be cl- yeah. i never recommend people always you hear them say oh i lost the queen and they're like just let bees be bees and let them raise their own while not knowing, not being there in that hive to know whether it's a struggling one or not, or whether it is a booming hive that has a lot of brood patches with new nurse bees hatching out continually, I say you're always better just to put the new laying queen in there. You don't have that downtime. Right. Because mm-hmm. by the time you have that egg, you know, like I said, three weeks to get the queen laying, and then another three weeks just to get the worker hatched. You've lost a lot of numbers from there. And once you throw that off, when if you don't have your dynamics correct in the nuke to begin with, or, you know, when your package comes in, a lot of time you get what's called shook, a shook nook, where they're just picking bees and shaking them and putting them into the nuke and getting it started. Oh, okay. You don't know whether they picked up frames of nurse bees. We yeah. say they do. I mean, you're supposed to. Yeah. But you never know whether you're getting the older bees in there or not. And if you get a nuke full of older bees, that queen's never going to do real well. There's just not the nurse bees there to keep her fed and all the eggs fed. Yeah. And um, so that's one reason why sometimes people say you have a failing queen she's no good doesn't necessarily mean she's no good it just means she doesn't have the workforce that she needs and that's why you'll always hear people say grab a frame of nurse bees and larvae and put it in there so you'll be having new nurse bees hatch out right off the bat to take care of her Mm -hmm. and the new workers um and then uh packages you never know when they go in and they shake those packages you could have all older bees when you get them and that's why sometimes it doesn't go so great when you get the package and they're supposed to start laying. And if they're older bees and they're not taking care of her and they're not raising the young, that'll be a struggling nuke the whole first first year. Hmm. That's crazy. Can you come? It sounds really dumb. Can you combine both of them? Like, mm-hmm. yep. So, like, if I bought a nuke to get everything started, can I also get a package of bees just for the sheer numbers and, like, mm-hmm slam them all in together in one hive and hope they you like can, each other but but i would say okay so the queen just you're I mean, just gonna like have, have a lot of bees i guess yeah but the queen you're gonna just pinch then from the package well, or are you gonna we'll, get a package without a queen okay you can get that yeah we'll say the other queen maybe went somewhere else where i got a queenless package okay yeah. okay then you can combine yes that's taking a piece of newspaper lay it on the top of the nuke and put the second nuke on top of that and then in a day's time whatever it takes them to slowly start chewing a hole through the newspaper yeah then they have slowly worked their pheromones through there um <laughs> and they cool. accept i just want so i mean like in return with that could you do that like on a hive that's struggling like yep. into the fall you could just add more bees mm-hmm. from one that like you know what you're saying like maybe you can't get them all into one box like you could slice and dice and so i just didn't know because they do all the orientation flights to know that like this one is i guess that's probably the also the hard part about that is they know that the other one is home and they wouldn't well, turn back they will uh okay so this is really hypothetical 
No, when you have two hives next to each other and one struggling, you just pinch the queen and put them together to combine. Really? Before winter, yeah. You always do your combining right before winter. I didn't know yep. you were supposed to. Because otherwise, if you got two strugglers, you're going to lose both of them, possibly. Yeah, no, that was me just or, hoping that they both work. <laughs> or you can combine and possibly save one of them. Um, now, the the only thing with buying a package just for that is they're still pretty, they're just so expensive. They're expensive, that I'm like, sure. Just, yeah. Your local guys, some I think this the probably the lowest I've seen is one fifty on nukes somewhere around somewhere. Yeah, I've seen that before. Um, I'm at one seventy five. Okay, this yeah. year again, I was that weird last year. But I mean, year. we were looking at Tractor Supply was getting oh my like gosh, 180, and something, yeah, some of them for I packages know. too. Yeah. I mean, I know, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> I know, I should probably be it too, but I'm like, it's going so fast. <laughs> The price is going up. Oh, absolutely. Well, and supply and demand, too. And you know everybody I mean? tells now... me I should be at 40 on the Queens, and I'm just like, oh, I like the 35, you know? It's I not was... like I'm robbing. <laughs> I feel like I'm not robbing somebody. Yeah. But with my online sales and the demand so high, it probably will be. That's nice. I'll probably be like, for my local people. <laughs> <laughs> Stop by. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. With the shipping them, because, I mean, just, Yikes. they're lined up. Well, and it's crazy to me, like, because we got real deep into this. I feel like a lot deeper than I've even read about in the last few years. And I, I love it. I am literally soaking it all in. But, like, it's, there's still bugs. And that's a lot of, there's a lot of care going into these insects. Insects. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That there just blows my a mind. A lot of people, I think, what I do tell people when they begin that, you know, they all think just we're going to get the hive and you just see them sitting out in the field and nobody, you know, just leave them there. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. These are raised in a laboratory. That's what the box is. That's the laboratory. And you need, they, they are high maintenance. If you want everything to run smooth, you need to be in there every two weeks. Yeah. Because otherwise they can requeen in that amount of time. And I'm going to tell yeah. you, I tell everybody, when you go on vacation, that's when they're going to do it. <laughs> and it happens to everybody every time. That's so they're like, <laughs> I went, it was doing great. And then I went on vacation for like, no, like, yep. It's going to happen. They they it. I hear that every time. That's they're like the they teenagers back at home. And they've got bees swarming and no <laughs> queens or five queen cells there. And yeah, I know. So, so um, when you go in and you see that they're starting queen cells, like, does that mean that they, like, you need to split them because they are getting ready to leave? Something's happening, yes. Sometimes I'm still on like I'm still on really like beginner mode of you diagnosing can, this. Sometimes uh, there's reasons that happens, and sometimes you'll see that in the spring when you get a cold snap and all the workers come back. Mm-hmm. And so I describe it like going to a bar. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but if if the bar is loaded on Friday night and you walk in the door and you have to get to the restroom. It may take you two hours to get to the other side of that bar. Right. But if you go in there on Sunday afternoon when the cleaning lady's just there, you walk from there to over there and get your job done. Yeah. And this queen, when she starts laying in the spring and, oh, it's a warm day and everybody's gone and she's just tootling around, da, 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 da. And then you get this cold spell again and she's like got all these workers to have to work around and they may stop her here and there and she's laying and laying and these workers over here are like, we ain't seen this queen in three weeks. What's going on? <laughs> So they may start building queen cells over here. 
and they're going to just, you know, because there's so many of them, they think there's too many bees in this box, you know, it's time to get out of here. And then when you have a warm spell again, all the bees go out and she starts moving around, you will see she'll come in and she'll nail them. Hmm. And then, so, so that happens like, in the spring. Heck no, buddy. When, yeah, she kills them. Yeah. So. I love how ruthless bees are. <laughs> it's like my favorite part. That's how. Savage. Survival of the fetish. Oh, savage. Yeah. When they start, like, robbing each other because it's oh a war. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that, <laughs> when I, when people worry about robbing, it's like, okay, well, when you got a full hive over we here. We did have a lot of robbing And you, this year. you think, oh, it's a nice day. We're going to take off these, um, you know, the reducers. We take everybody's off, but this little hive down here, who's got some coming in and out, but not nearly as many as these. Okay, so they're a little colder because their house isn't as warm, so they're still pretty tight, clustered down, keeping those. Yeah. Then these guys over here are like, and they go in, up the side, steal the honey, and come back out. And then once they tell everybody, free food, that, and in a couple hours, they can wipe out that hive. And it's like, so I found this out is that if you see that in your outside, like the little, with the landing pad or whatever, mm-hmm. you call, I don't know what you call it, it's sticky. That's when you know that you're being robbed. They're being, yeah. Because I had a lot of mine cluster like at in the evening and I'm like, oh, there's a lot of bees. They're all going back in there. But then I'm like, oh shoot, are they robbing each other? And they didn't yeah. until the very tough. end. And it's, it's tough wow. to catch. Oh. It really is. So how do you stop and it? And shutting down is hard. It's hard. Um... I really don't anymore because Just it's like, let oh, nature run yeah. its course. If you only had a couple hives and you see one getting robbed real bad, they say take a, a bed sheet, wet it, and put it over there. Um, one thing is, which I one, swear. Which one do you put it over? The one that is, I don't the even. The one that's being robbed. I don't even know how you tell the difference because I feel yeah, like they it's all It's hard come. to tell because when you have a good, strong hive that's yeah. out robbing somebody else and you come up to it, you're like, oh. <gasps> They're getting robbed. Oh no, they are the robbers. They're doing the robbing. They're robbing. bringing yeah. all this home. There's so a lot fast of activity and multiple like. in. And the re- the way yeah. I can tell is by the way they come in on the hive. If it's the robbing hive, they will land because there's so many of them. They'll land like say above the entrance and walk down. No okay. big hurry to get in the entrance. The hive that's being robbed. They ain't nobody standing on the walls to come in. They are vroom, right at that entrance. And if you put anything over the entrance, they're like balling up, falling off of each other, falling off. Because they're just um, like yeah. determined. And so the problem is at that point when you put the the um, the piece of whatever. You said the wet bed sheet. The bed sheet over. Yeah. You still got all those inside there. Yeah. And I will swear to you that they'll stay for the next day. I I I don't know how they know, but the, it's like the next day they remembered. So you almost have to lock them out of there for two to three days. And how you can, you know, keep that hive locked in. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's so hard that I've given up. I've tried everything before. One thing that I do with my um, smaller hives... Um, I don't open them up until after 10 a.m. And in the morning, sometimes when it's really a bad dearth, I will spray like a little bit of honeybee go Mm. in the area in the morning. And that puts a scent in the air so that 
the larger hives that are out earlier than the smaller nukes um, don't come in and end up going in. They can't, mm. you know, once they get that smell, because they'll be flying around there. Like, But if you have the honeybee go, they're just like, no. Um, mint, I've tried mint before, different scents, things like that, to keep them from going in. Um, but I never go in at before 10 because, see, these strong highs are out scouting. Right, And by right. 10 a.m., usually they have been out, found the source, come back to their hive, told the hive where the source is, and so they're busy going elsewhere. That's Already crazy. geared down to the food source for that day. So that helps a lot. Um, but, yeah. So if you had a – so I guess back for a, a beginner's answer, it's me. Um, to reduce robbing, if you had a weak hive, you would keep your entrance reducer Very on. Mm-hmm, like a one inch. Okay. It's a small hive. Does and, it matter the rotation of where it is if the – you know what I mean? If the opening is on the, I was I got into a very big argument with Jake earlier this year. In the winter, because it should be up. I put the opening up. Because then they crawl. Well, my what I've found in the winter, if you have the opening down, mm-hmm. when your bees die off, that first layer of dead bees is going to cover your opening. Because they're not going outside to take care of the bees because it's winter. Well, it, well they can't. Sometimes right. they can't. And so when they start dying, they're actually laying on the floor if you have a large die-off, which sometimes you do, but yet you still the cluster still makes it. Right. So when they have that large die-off and, and that entrance is down low, that first large die-off can cover the whole entrance. Right. But if you have it the other way, you've got that first whole layer... Where you can, you, you know, you can kind of, then that just provides. It's like an extra, it's a taller yeah, floor like for them to L, crawl yeah, over. Yeah. yeah, and then you're less likely to get your entrance covered. Right, That's because you I still need up. airflow. In the summer, you can go down. Down. Because you're most likely never going to have a pile up. Sure. In the summer. Um, but otherwise, technically they say down. But I say up in the winter. Because that's going to give you a, a greater chance of that that opening not getting. Even if you have an ice on your landing. Like, I just went out today and took some ice off, you know. And that ice is <laughs> about a half inch build up. Yeah. So if the doorway was down, there would be ice covering the doorway. Sure. But since my doorways are up. It's still fine. There's nothing, yes. And you can tell if you've got a good, strong colony. And if it snows, there will be an opening there. I mean, that will melt. That warm air coming out of oh, there will melt sure. that snow off. And when you go to a hive and you see the snow still there, you're kind of like, oh, oh, no. Yeah, not so great. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so those are things you have to look for. There's so much. Now what I'll do is in the winter sometimes, if I'm just dying to know, I'll use a stethoscope. Yeah. To put on the side. You can hear them in there. Have you, do you ever yeah. have one of those boroscopes? Jake's an electrician. Oh, he uses some of those for do. his work just for fun. And we have the red, infrared yeah. thing, too. Like the heat look, sensing ones. The heat, but I just like the stethoscope. Because it's so cool. And you can tell the stronger highs from the weaker highs that way, too. Hmm. Have you... Um, I'm sure you've seen observation hives to where people, like, put them in their houses. Oh, also, don't let me forget. I want to ask you about bee houses. Um, But I don't understand how 
So it's probably some Pinterest thing or something on Facebook to where somebody had like most of their entire like living room wall. Yeah. Was like a stand up mm-hmm. um, hive and stuff. And it was really cool. It was like see through. So you could see on both sides of them coming in and out. And then they have like a little tube that goes through the wall so and that they can though. go out. But what I don't understand is when it comes to winter. Yeah. It's and not it's like, form. no, because it's like, you know, think 60, 70 mm-hmm. degrees in your house in the winter, that would trigger them normally to get to out, out and fly. Mm-hmm. But if the entrance is like 30 to 20 degrees, I don't know how they're just like, yeah, and, and then, then like freeze. die, right? Like <laughs> they do. Yeah. yeah. Like pie yeah I, that's, that. I don't. 2018, when my barn burned down. Yeah. The bees smelled all the smoke. I, I don't just know. met you right after that. Yeah, it happened. If, if it was a lower CO two level in there, because I mean it was, you could not stand with your eyes for two seconds with just water rolling down your eyes in that smoke, and it was blowing completely across that yard. And the next morning when I went out there, there was just piles, and they didn't oh make it very gosh. far. You know what I mean? The, yeah. So I was like, well, and it was cold, cold that night. It was 10 p.m. I think when it we actually caught it, first found it. So, you know, all that night it was just cold wind blowing right across them. So I'm thinking what they did was they smelled that smoke and thought we got to get out of here because they yeah. thought they were getting sm- and yeah came out and there was just piles in front. Now most of those still made it through the winter, but there was there was a lot lost. From yeah. the smoke, so I didn't know if it would did that throw wow. off the CO two levels or was everything okay? I don't know, but I just I think it's because they came out and it was too cold and they just woo. <laughs> That's so. And I um when I was a little kid, we used to have a pet frog, right? And we would go to PetSmart and we get the crickets for the frog. And my dad would always be like, "This is really cool." And from the walk from PetSmart to the car with the bag of crickets, they would all freeze. Oh, gotcha. And then when we put them in the car, they'd like, boop, 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 like little like popcorn things. So the other day when we had a snow and it was like, you know, that really, really super pretty snow where it all stuck on the trees for like a couple of days. I saw all the way across my yard, this perfect little honeybee right on top of the snow. And I'm like, this is weird. There's literally nothing else. So I took it and I like held it in my pocket for a little bit. And then I stuck it in a jar real quick. And I said, Hey Gabe, watch this. And sure enough, it started warming right up and coming back to it. And that's what I can only think of if you have an observation hive is that you would just have to like scoop it and like plug them back in. Yeah. Yeah. And not maybe plug them on. Well, they, you know, and then I don't know how you open it. When it's that warm, see they're, they're, not clustered down right they're eating a lot more so they need to go to the bathroom and if they can't get out they start going back in the hive and then it creates the dysentery inside there and it's it's just not a healthy environment that's i think observation hives would be fun for like a trial like or like a travel one you Mm -hmm. take one frame here it is Mm -hmm. look class but you got to get them out there oh yeah 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 yeah. but right i agree with that um and then well i just pulled out some dead bees from the bottom of a nuke Put them in a little trash. Took it in the house. <laughs> a little bit later, we were having bees wake up and we're flying yeah. around the house. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so they weren't completely dead, but they were laying on the bottom. Yeah. And they would have been. Yeah. Had sure. I... sure. Right. 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 Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know what if the you know other questions. There's just so much. There's there just so much. What is um, extensive? I got a book for Christmas, and it was like all these different farm projects that you can do. Yeah, 
all these different um, farm projects that you could do. And one of them was how to build a bee house. And it was like a shed where you put your beehives. Oh, uh, And I don't, okay. know, I don't know why. Why Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Because I'm thinking of like. you're going to, you're most. Well, how do you people. like check for them? Like oh. you would have to open it up and then you got, you're stuck in an 8 by 10 shed with an open hive. Well, some of those, they're different style hive. If you see okay. the frames are going the other way too. Okay. Oh, maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are, you're. They'll leave the door open for a while, but they find their way out. And they do that to help keep it warmer in the winter. And also the sun's not, you know, so baking down on it in the Just summer. Just more temperature control. Temperature control, yeah. But, I mean, it's And then there are people that are doing that to breathe the fumes, too. It's supposed sure. to be good for your yeah. allergies and all that kind of stuff. Lung, respiratory issues. Yeah. Um. So I, that's why we made the bee bed. I don't know if you've seen the yes. bee bed. Where the lid... I was forgetting what the... <laughs> Explain it some more. Yeah. Because it's really lid, cool. It's, it's a horizontal hive. Oh, gosh. It's probably got 50 frames wide. Okay. And then um, it's kind of extended out on either end so that when you go in, so you lay on top of that horizontal hive, and then the top pulls down. Kind of like a tanning bed. Like... The back door of a minivan used to raise yeah. up. We yeah. have those piston nice. things on the side where you can lift the lid and then it, it goes up like a car hood, whatever. Yeah. And you lay in there and then when you pull it down, see the the lid on those, each one of those uh, frames has got a piece of like window screen. Yeah. So the bees can't come up into the bed where okay, you're that's at. Good. We're talking about a bee bed. But the fumes do. And you're supposed to breathe those, and it's supposed to help with respiratory issues. But you have so the the bees that I was collecting out of the nuke, supposedly those were healthy bees. You know, they weren't like probably poisoned. It was probably a moisture issue in there. Sure. When we had a cold snap, they died out. So I drug those out because supposedly you can make medicine from eating the bee grind the bees up. Yeah, you'll have to do research on that, and then you eat the, and I have eight larvae before. They're actually, I thought, very good. Um, Steamed them with a little bit of honey on them. It was really good. Um, So there's that, which is supposed to be a new protein source. Sure. And then that, you know, grinding them up and taking that as some sort of a detox in the stomach, and maybe it was something to do with the the poison sack you know yeah mm-hmm. kind of help with that um like maybe so for like those, a out like an anaphylactic i mean it's was it... yeah maybe it'll get you so that you don't yeah have an anaphylactic reaction interesting um and i can't even remember the name of what that's called but i can i can send that to you when i find it but i collected the bees so and i put them in the freezer so that i could make this slurry that you can make for a medicine um so that's the the bee bread you can eat, which is the pollen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's supposed to be really healthy too. Uh, so really, they're they're saying there's a lot of parts of the hive that that you can eat that nobody really ever does. You, know, <laughs> you should eat the wax, right, and all that. And it helps clear out the intestines and things. I bet it would. I'm slowly advancing, little by little, on the food part of it. <laughs> I am like. 
I'm like, this is like up here for me. You, but at the same token, like I'm grasping like you're, you're, all parts of it because Nathan is the beekeeper. I am the uh-huh. honeymaker. But, well, the honeymaker, the bees are the honeymaker. Let's be serious. But like the, the bottler. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and this, but I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> How you doing? How's it going? This is your halfway point. She's so chock full of info, isn't she? This is crazy. Here we go again. So when I um, talk to people about bees, you know, because they only really like you, you only get to see the part where you're dealing with the the large hives and Mm -hmm. that colony and, you know, they want to, if they really like the bees, it's like, that when you step into the queen rearing side, it's like, it's a whole different, sure, a whole different experience. Just, you know, right. the hive, it's like the workers is one thing. Then when you, when you start working with just the queen, I mean, that's really your focus when you're going in there. Right. It's your focus is on the queen and then, you know, raising her and, I mean, just taking care of her and learning all about her. That's a whole nother level in the bee, you know, yeah. addiction. Right. <laughs> that can really, it can start a wildfire real fast. And you see how fast you can start producing bees then. Okay. So on that, you had said earlier, um, I don't even remember, but how many... How many, I guess, different generations can you get in, like, one summer season? Like, well, if you're raising that... queens and you're watching them and you're, like, improving your line of things, mm-hmm. is it just, is it, like, you spend that whole season, that one year one, yeah. on just watching and seeing how that one develops? One and generation. Seeing I if wait... you like it or even if you don't like it? Until they're about three years old. Oh, Before shoot. I'll ever even decide to graft. I want at least a three-year-old. Um, queen to graft from. How long do they typically last? I thought like two years. Three is about the max. We'll let them go. Now I, because I'm, I'm watching genetics. Sure. I'll let them go further. But usually when I get to that third year queen and I start messing with her colony because I'm pulling, you know, um, frames out to graft from, um, adding, you know, more nurse bees doing, I end up making, I end up making her swarm because, um, I'm changing the dynamics so much in her hive that mm-hmm. I'll in, I end up making that queen swarm because I've grafted off of her so much. And she's like, I'm out of here. I'm yeah. Done with this. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, so you're adding uh, the nurse bees because you you want to make sure when you're, um, well, see, because if I make that a nurse hive and I'm right. adding, then yeah, I end up pushing it over the limit. And she's like, oh, yeah, because see, if I make it a nurse hive, then I put the queen excluder and she's excluded to a certain area and then they just end up swarming. And I should, I don't have enough right. because of, you know, breaking everybody down for nukes that I don't have, you know, at my home yard. Because that's where I like to work out of my home yard because well, yeah. I'm close. That I don't run out to the, the, the out yards to get bees to come back. So I have few large hives at home because I don't want them robbing all my nukes. <laughs> right. Yeah. So usually I've got my rock star lineup that I'm grafting from of my bees. So there aren't very many of them. And so I'll, I end up having to use them as both my grafting hive plus my nurse hive. 
And when I start making them a nurse hive, that's when I usually end up making them end up swarming. Just because I've added too many bees that they get too large. Because you want that many because they need that many to feed right. all those queens well enough to make them good-sized queens, strong, right for the beginning for when you um, they got to take their mating flight. Um, so there's that. But three years tops. I mean, I'd like to see four year, in, but they... Um, like I said, I, I mess with them too much by the time there's three years. They're like, oh, I'm out of here. I'm tired of you messing in my hive. And um, so that's when I start grafting and I only graft, you know, her. Then once um, I move her, you know, young bees out to the observatory hives, they're just doing their thing. And, you know, it takes a full year to see what a queen can do in her hive, you know, because she's yeah. got to to build all those workers up to her own workers. And then, you know, it takes a while to see, well, when's my mite count going to get out of control? You know, so you spend a full year observing. Sure. And then some. Yeah. So by the time you're three years down and you find one that you know, she matches all the criteria and you start grafting her, you're just working with her. You don't get into the F2s and the F3s generations down. So when I, when I got the queen shipped in, I'm only working from her, grafting from her for the full year. And her F1 would be the daughter. I don't ever graft off of just the F1 then. Okay. The first year. No, yeah. Those girls would have to be in observatory hive for three years before I ever pick one that's doing well enough and has lived through three winters that proves to me that she's worth, you know, grafting from making it that long this is my so um yeah that's all we work from is the first year you know the f1 off that and i won't probably sell any f2s i mean you start watering down her genetics by then that you know it's not yeah it's not the same anymore it's the same with the um the mite maulers you know if you buy an actual mite mauler you 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 get the f1 and you're like oh you're losing half of those Maybe, and then you get into an F2, it's like, well, it's they've lost that yeah. characteristic somewhere probably down the line. That it's not going to be real strong. You have to continue to select for that very, very aggressively. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a ton of work. ton of work. I keep saying every year, it's like, okay, I think i got to get out of this. And, think of this. and then <laughs> once you get into it and you just can't think about anything else, you get started. It's really good that we have that downtime over the winter because otherwise, it'd be a huge. I think out. it'd kill us out. Yeah, <laughs> I think it would because it's like we just get under her pheromone and we just work wow. all day, every day of the week, all morning till evening. So uh, you probably don't have any time to like go out and help people with like their no. hives. Then. No, and just the cost it would have to cost. Sure, like, people tell me, "Oh, come and come and do my hives. Come do my hives." Like. Oh. Do you know what I would have to charge to come out and do observations on your hives? Because oh my gosh, yeah. My hives always struggling with <laughs> observations. I was like, mm, three weeks might be a little too long, you know. Yeah. But yeah. No, like this winter, I have one yard that I haven't even gone to yet. I'm like, what is there that I could do? I mean, they're all buttoned up, and all I do is pray that they make it. Now, once March comes and it starts warming up then i really get on it about the feed and stuff like that but you okay so about the feed you had said earlier that you noticed when you were feeding them an artificial that you had bigger problems so what do you do to with 
in the summer, you know, okay, so if you get your nuke and you start giving them, you know, yeah. all this, and then, okay, what happens in the middle of, after usually July, August, you get into a dearth where there's, like, nothing out there. Well, when you build up your nuke, in the spring, people get them, they start feeding them, and then they, like, slack off, right? Yeah. So this queen's thinking there's all this food out there, so she's laying all these eggs up, you know? Well, then the food source is gone, so they start using up the stored their resources yeah by the time july comes they got this huge colony they've made and they're using up all that sources and then die colony collapse because they 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 had the artificial food source that they thought hey we're gonna build 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 and then because it's constant they're feeding us it's a fat house cat it's not a mouse so when you quit and you're in a dearth you're in trouble if you quit and there's plenty of resources out there you're okay but you gotta know that you right, know, you know, and how right. many people know even what their environment is. It takes you years just to know from year to year what the sources are going to be. Because see, one thing is like one year, you just, yeah, you do better because of the the soybeans. Sure, you know, um, they don't bring in a tremendous amount. But there's one guy, he's got his hives, and that's all they get is soybeans because there's soybeans all around him. That's yeah. all there is there's every other else. year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So his his hives have to survive off that. Um, and so that year you'll you'll do better, and then the next year come be planting. Uh oh, everybody planted corn, so you know there isn't any nectar from that. So yeah. that's when you'll have a lot. You'll see a lot more people lose their hives on those years. Um, and also just you know, your first year you don't know your environment, and so then the second year, if you're in a fairly stable environment, most of the time if you're near town you are because everybody's yards has that white clover, and mm-hmm. they'll have the dandelions. So in the spring, but summer is best with that white clover in there because everybody mows their yard. And what do you got? Fresh crop. Yeah. So usually, as long as we get rain, you've got good flow. Uh, but that takes a few years to be able to know your environment enough sure. to know how your bees are going to do. And then you know it's hard to calculate that when you get a drought year, you know, because then that's that's not giving you your potential for what's actually out there in the environment. And then one year you're like, holy moly, we got so much nectar! I don't know where that came from. I had to do with just, you know, the season where they got more rain. Mm-hmm. You really start watching that stuff when you got several hives yeah. that you... I think we had an issue with that earlier this or this past year, as I called you about it, is that they they were just pulling, they are packing the frames or packing the cells so much with nectar that she didn't have any time or any space to right. lay any eggs. Mm-hmm. And that's when you'll have them swarm too. Because there's just nowhere to lay. So they're like, well, what do we do? Well, let's go build a new house by the time. Because, see, they'll work that down. Right. Give them some time. They'll work it down. They'll move it up and out. But in the meantime, she's got nothing to do. So might as well go start a new. And then by the time that queen that they've, you know, started making again takes three weeks, then they'll have that all worked up. And when she gets back and starts laying, nice thing I have seen when a new queen does come back laying and you have all that nectar she walks that frame and they will suck it out of there and move it up especially if you've had a super on there that they're not wanting to work you know they got the room it's right there but they're not putting the honey in there when you get a new queen that comes back and she walks that frame they'll suck that nectar right out of there and take it up i've seen that and that's a lot of times people um oh how many times i have people come and they swear I don't have a queen. I don't have a queen. I'm like, are you sure? It's been four weeks. 
Well, well, it's been about two since I'm like, no, you cannot, you cannot, even at three, you cannot, you cannot, you gotta wait four weeks before you'll really even see, because, um, well, it takes the 21 days, right. you know, so you're at that three weeks, well, she may not have started laying just yet, you know, right. so... I tell people that what to look for, you know, especially in the spring when it's got that heavy nectar and you see that with solid nectar, you'll see like a few that are just, there's nothing in there. And you're like, what in the world? Why would they not? And that's because she's already walked there and they'll start sucking that nectar out and moving it. Um, and if you ever go into a hive, I've had people call me and they're like, there's no, there's no queen, there's no queen. And they have all these beautiful patches of open, empty, ready, I'm like, there's a queen in there. You know, look for that. That is a sure sign there's a queen in there. When there's a flow. Right. You know, there's time right. there's no flow. It's going to be empty. Yeah. Sure. So then you can't use that as a, a tool to, to determine whether she is That's in there crazy. or not. And the other thing when people call me and say, I, I don't think I got a queen. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I could get one. I'm like, well, if you get one and there is, she's dead. You know, um, if you have two hives, which is why I always recommend people get two if you can afford to get two nukes, whatever packages, do because then if you have one hive that's failing, you know, that you think the queen's gone, but you don't know, and you got the other one right next to it, pull a frame out of there and stick it in that hive. You'll know within 24 hours whether you have a queen or not because they'll start drawing out a cell. Hmm. So then you to go make in the next queen. day. Mm -hmm. 24 hours is all it takes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, because they already know they're queenless. It's been that long. Sure. So as soon as they get something in, they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. we got to get busy. And yeah. so they'll draw, they'll start. I mean, you could you could see, I mean, it's not going to be the full cap right. because that right. takes like five days. But they'll pick an, a queen that's older. It's not going to be a four-day-old larva. They'll even go for older ones and they'll cap them off. Um, but you'll start to see them, you know, reworking that cell into a bigger one right away. And that's how I tell people is like if you don't see any of that happening, that's your there's a queen in test. there somewhere, there's a virgin yeah. in there, yes. And if you see them start doing that, you don't you need to buy one. You don't want to wait another, you know, twenty one days. I mean, yeah. I don't yeah. think people should you know ever do that. I mean, unless it's unless it's um, you know, really a money issue, I say don't let them re queen on their own because I, I mean, for no more than what a queen costs, you know, um, you don't want to risk losing that hive as expensive as they are. It's right. Just, to right. me, it's, there's no, you know, and if you are collecting honey, I mean, you're going to get at least three more pounds of honey. I mean, it's going to pay for the queen yeah. uh, through the honey. So right. that's my, my suggestion on that. But that's why I always say, too. Hives, and then that way you you got to equalize them. One starts struggling, you got one to pull from to add. But I know that's a that's, that's a cost. I mean, they're expensive. They're not cheap. So sure, yeah. I just don't. And people I always think people are like, yeah, she's just trying to sell me more bees. <laughs> it's like, well, no, not really. I mean, it is so true though. Just I mean, you need that comparison mm -hmm. just to even know the differences between the two. You can learn so much mm -hmm. just from as simple as two of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely not as much as a hundred and fifty. Right, of I know. Them. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. 
That, yeah. you know, and that makes me, I got nervous when we just had our two because I didn't know if we had enough resources to support it. And now we've got four and they're doing pretty solid. So, yeah, that's all you got to do is keep watching. You know, yeah. you'll find out when you hit, hit here. Yeah. Hit the max. Hit your I mean, max. And, and the best, sometimes, like I said, the best place is near the city because you got so many yards with so much of that white clover that, man, they do fantastic. Yeah. And they are saying that the city hives are doing better than the rural hives. I could totally believe that. I mean, well, I'm in the middle of a cornfield. So, I mean, I've just, I've got only so much space of the clover and the, you've got the ditches and and, you've got my yard. And and that's it. Ditches, which they mow anymore too. But, you know, you don't have the fence rows where the goldenrod grows or any of that anymore. You've taken all that out. So, there is none of that extra. We're (laughs) lucky around this specific area is that there's pumpkins. Yeah, that helps. so we, we get a lot, lot of, of the that. like the later season, huh? like the July oh, yeah. and August Pumpkin would be yeah That's a fall. from squash, or like a I guess a squash ish crop. But yeah. then I think I benefit pretty good because we've got Tanner's Orchard three miles away. <gasps> oh yeah, <laughs> so like oh well, yeah, so I mean, we got hauling in like. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. This this was our first spring, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Usually make you... a whole lot of good for honey storage but it builds your brood like nobody's business so that would almost for you be an artificial nectar source if that's all you have you build super big and then no nectar yeah pretty after those go out you know you've built this and then you take away that and they're like what (laughs) that yeah so that's something you'll need to watch for yeah this was our this was our like first real spring you know what i mean because the year before is when we got everything and then we mm. missed all of the apple okay. season because the blossoms had already came and you in. did you got in big trouble with nectar didn't you yeah i did <laughs> i was that's what they I'm all saying. did nectar because like the business. frames that we got we got left over from uh, a friend of ours and mm-hmm. um they didn't draw out any all of the, the combs yet so now it's you just the had, foundation did you have your supers drawn out this spring no okay so that's why you got overloaded in the bottom. Yeah. Now next year you'll get them supers on early. Okay. And I'm get still them. worried about if I should still feed them now. Like it's going to be like forty something on Tuesday, and I don't know. I don't have anything on them. You? I have no sugar. Yeah. I have. Can you usually, lift like, them and see how heavy are they? I don't super know. They're usually they're like stuck together. So I mean, I feel no, like no. You want to lift good. the whole hive. Oh shoot! And yeah, if I it's almost that. too heavy for you to really lift, then yeah. you're loaded pretty good with nectar. Okay, because we leave two deeps normally. Mm-hmm. And you you want them to put all that honey in those two deeps. And in the fall, start checking okay. this. You'll be lifting that hive. And I mean, if it, it's like everything you got to lift that baby because it's loaded yeah. with honey. Okay. And then if you go near one and you're like, woo, no, it, pretty it, light, it, it's pretty light because it's just empty. I mean, boxes. it's going to be yeah. heavy because it's but not frames and bees and everything. Okay. But I mean, ones that you can barely lift up. And so it'll be, you know, go ahead and check those to see if you can tell. Well, here's one that's lighter and this yeah. one is heavier. That's how you'll know. And then now you'll know, okay, yeah, they were this heavy. And then by spring, they're like, whoa, that's pretty light. I'm going to need to. Um, now, one thing you probably should have put on was your sugar board. Yeah, I didn't do any of that. Okay. So start researching Because I'm, I'm worried that. now because it's so cold out that I don't want to pop the lid and break right, the. Right, and you don't want to. That's what I'm saying. I think Tuesday's supposed to be like 40, and if I might be able to get If you get into in those warmer days, you can get the sugar boards put on. Okay. Then you'll want to because, you know, they've been using up their supply. So if they were short, you could run out. And if you run out, then. That's a big problem. That's, yeah. Yeah. 
that's the end of the hive. Right. And that's why they always say, you know, oh, when's the coldest? When should I get in? Well, if you don't know how much food's in there and you don't go in and there's no food, you lost the hive. If you go in and there is food, you know, I, I mean, yeah. you're not going to... Okay. You might lose a couple because of the cold, but... Well, the, usually you're, you know, the inside of that hive is warm enough. You're not when I go long. in and I see that, you know, whoa, there's not very many bees in here. And it's like, if I have a, a second deep and there's like nothing in it, and it's usually the bottom one because they've moved up by now. Right. I dig the bottom off, put them down into a single. If they've gotten that small. And let them rebuild in the single for okay. spring. And then put the second deep back on. So would you, I mean, I can see where you would say that you switch the boxes. Because if you take the ones that is all empty and then drop it down to the one, you give them a chance to do it. Then in a little bit later when it's warmer, you can right. put the one on top then and fill it with all the friends. But not that same day. Right. Exactly. Because then you just move them all up. The, and only, re the only way that I would swap yeah. is if both boxes are solid of bees. Okay. So they're warm enough. They ain't going to get cold down there. Right, right, right. But if you have one that's nearly empty and you swap it, then they're yeah. going to go up there yeah. to stay warm. And they've left. They, they have, have to leave really... that whole brood that they start. Because they'll start right. building brood here in February. Stop. Uh-huh. That's when they start. Um, And you can get them going earlier if they're good, solid, filled because they're warm in there. Okay. And then um, plenty of food, they start early. Sometimes, you know, getting towards the south, they'll lay year-round, too, you know, because it's warmer. So, at the end of the season, like, I don't know, around end of September, maybe, we pulled a bunch of frames off that wasn't yeah. capped all the way. Mm -hmm. And I have those in a, t in a tote. And I was going to, at the end of, like, let's say, Jan about this time, January, February, is when we usually add back those frames because I'd rather give them a honey instead of, like, a sugar oh, board sugar. is what I was hoping for. Well, your sugar board now, so if you're putting these uncapped frames in, yeah, that's nectar. Most likely. You got nectar in there. It's so dark. I mean, some of it was capped and some of it wasn't. need to work that down, and that's going to create moisture in your hive. Okay, because, yeah, it wasn't capped, so that Which, would be because it's too much moisture. Right. Yeah. Which means... You're going to be adding the moisture to the hive now when it's super cold. Okay, and so then the there's greatest. no sugar board to absorb the moisture? Right. Okay. The sugar board is mainly to absorb moisture. Okay. And then it's your backup insurance policy when they do run out of it. So, I mean, like, you shouldn't rely on the sugar board that they would go through the whole entire thing. Like, they should have enough resources, right? Right, to, like, right. right. You're saying that mm -hmm. that is just the Correct. freezer burnt steak at the bottom of the... That's just in case. Right. It gets real deep. <laughs> okay. I got right. it. Okay. So, and the thing with the sugar board is if they don't need it, um, they'll haul it out of there. They don't want it unless they need it. Okay. So, you're using it going in as your moisture board. Okay. And then if they run out, they'll eat it. They have to. They don't like it. But you don't want to put it on too early because when you still have warm days in the fall, all they're doing is taking it and chucking it out the window. Because yeah, they sure. don't want they it don't in want there. It in yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the really the, the critical point comes in the spring when they run out of food, then they're not going to be, you know, then they're they're eating it. They're not going to be checking it out of there. So that's why you don't put your moisture boards on too soon. Okay. Or you're going to, you're just wasting your money. Um, and then hopefully, though, you you know, your moisture is okay, that it's not going to come to a problem. Um, 
Is and it, then what is the sugar? Is it just sugar and water, and then hardened into like a block essentially? So you'll add some vinegar to it. it has to do with the um, making the evert everts the sugar a little bit for them. Sooner. Okay, like it's what they do themselves. But if you do it prior for them, to, it's yeah, for them, better yes. for them, yeah. yeah. Um, makes them eat it, I suppose, better is what they're saying. Okay. Um, and then I would definitely get sugar board. I mean, just because if you have no idea. Yeah, no, um, okay, so we'll do that. And, and that we'll should do just, that the next, next and warm day. It's going to be on a warm day, yep, and I just do it quick. Um, you don't even need to really look at your hive or no. No, you know, no, I would <laughs> literally just pop it on and yeah. set it and forget there it. and go. just Yep. Okay. And then that's your backup. Um, and they'll start laying February, building up. Did you do my checks and treat? We might treat in. Treat it. Okay. That's good. I just assumed in the fall. that. I, yeah. Yep. Yeah. We you did that, that after we pulled the last bit yep. of honey off. Yeah. Because if not, you'd want to get it done before they start laying. No. We, yep. Okay. Perfect. So you'll be good going into spring. Um, and then just do my checks, you know, routinely this summer. And make sure something didn't happen. You, you know, who knows if it was a good batch or bad batch. You know, anything right, right, happened. Right. Um, and you'll start climbing in mite numbers, which you don't want. Yeah. Other than that, I think you hmm. sound like you. You already made it to your second what Woo! second year? Yeah, I guess this will technically be the third season that we've had. That you're going yeah, into. Yeah. Right. So you Woo-hoo! got this. That's but you funny. see how much you've had to pay attention to it and keep yeah. up on it, and you're watching what's going on. So, but in know. even those two seasons, I mean, are so different than each other too. You know, <laughs> exactly. Whew, there Every was a lot was different. There, there was, was a lot. lot. We, I mean, this year I was talking to somebody in my driveway, and I started looking over there. I'm like, oh my god, they're swarming! Oh my god, oh my god, oh my! And I was like, I got, I gotta go. I gotta like. <laughs> I ran out there in my suit yeah. and in flip-flops, and I'm like, wait, they don't, I don't think I need my suit. I think we'll be okay. <laughs> oh. And I didn't, I was fine. I have I it mean, all in time. There's swarms everywhere all the time. Oh. Oh. Yikes. You know, because when you have one one hive that will swarm, okay, and it takes the whole yeah. thing and they go. It's crazy That's to one watch swarm. It. And then when they, okay, so you got all these queen yeah. cells in there. A lot of times, more than one of those queen cells will hatch at the exact time. Oh, great. And there's no time for one to come out and kill the rest. So you may have two or three come out at the same time, and they're running around inside this hive, and those all go with what are called cast swarms. Okay. So you may find three swarms in your yard because cast swarms will land really close because they're brand new bees, brand new queens. Yeah. yeah. They're virgin queens. And so they'll may lay on a land on a post real right now. If it's your old queen, she's gonna head miles. Oh no! Away. See, okay, our was our hive was right here, and they went like two trees down. Well, they'll they'll do that, and then next morning They're if you gone. don't get them, yeah. Oh no, we got them instantly. Got them. Looped them right yeah. in there, and yeah. was she marked or anything or no? No. Oh, you know what? But were you marked? Yeah, all walls mine so, were marked from yours, so, and I don't think we have any. That are marked left. Not even that are like, you could have been marked, like, and just scratched it off. No, they're all. Some of them do wash off. But your first year, I always tell people, plan to fail. Plan to fail. Yeah. It's not your fault. It's that difficult. 
it's just that difficult. It's a fun <laughs> challenge, though. I mean, yeah, like, know? there's so much into it. They're going to swarm. I mean, even the best of us, you know, what do we do in order to prevent swarming? We pinch the queen and put in a new queen, you know? Yeah. The, the commercial guys, they don't try to prevent swarming. I mean, it, I mean, by doing it with that queen. Sure. They'll yeah. pinch queens and put new queens in just to slow them down to stop them so they don't take off before wow. the... <laughs> It's, it's just bees it's just you know you, they do that they swarm they're they, you're gonna have so many failures but that's just normal bee business get ready for it okay well i'm amped up for this i feel you're like i'm in a good direction <laughs> you think all four years are still going then? um so okay we had think we had the option to do six this year so we i color nice. code all of mine and maybe I only have three because we had one that wasn't doing so well and we put it down into one box and he said that it was super quiet. And it, and it probably it was, was, it struggled the whole season. I don't think it ever made it past two deeps to begin with. So, mm-hmm. um, and then we got a call to get a swarm. Oh, that's right. You did get some Super late. Um, but this was like October or something like this. And we're like, we'll take it, but... And those usually put in a new box, probably. Yeah, we put. I put it in a single frame, and I ended up taking, I think, like a frame from every single hive, and just oh, that's try, cool. I mean, too. like to try to yeah. like build it in there, and they they robbed it all. And I said, I figured, yeah. you know what? At <laughs> least Fall. I said either this one is gonna make it, and we're gonna get a hive, or everybody's gonna eat it, and they're gonna get all the resources yeah, anyways. So like, it. it's still my bees that are being fed either yeah. way. That's but true, it was though. a good fall is terrible for robbing. It oh was so gosh. late, but I felt this bad. year was bad too. There was somebody that was like, "Oh, well, we're not going to take it because they're not going to make it." And this dude's like, "Okay, well, what am I supposed to do with these bees?" Then I'm like, "Okay, well, don't raid them. I'll I'll take them." Like, yeah, Dude, Leanne, the guy. Knows. <laughs> I'll I'll, I'll oh, get them home. Yeah. But I don't know what this means, but I'm to the point. People call me and I'm like, Ugh. "That's what I'm saying." Unless I don't know like if you have really any really close, and it's just like within arm's reach. I'll just split some lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's fun, but I don't also think that swarms are predictable enough that you can rely on that method to get to start bees. Oh, they are now. Oh, they are? Many people are keeping bees, yes. They are catching 20 swarms in spring. You gotta know a lot of people that will hand out your name for that. I know. I put boxes out. Swarm traps. Stop it. Yeah, oh my gosh, and they They load them. They just right in there. What? When you've got your drawn comb, your old comb, yeah. you know, put one frame of drawn in there and the rest new. And you don't have any and of your other bees try to, like, oh, because you just comb. Well, I put them out. Like, you wait. Like, if I know people, like, okay, these guys always get a swarm every year. I just say, hey, let's put the box out there before you have to call me. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so, um, I'll buy the pheromone. Cheap pheromone. Yeah. Know, get it on Amazon, the swarm commander. And I'll put that in there. And you know when the swarms are happening. Like April, May. It's in the real beginning. Put those boxes out. Almost every single box I put out comes back with a swarm. That's awesome. <laughs> and it's only getting worse. Really? Yeah. It's These bees are going to become a problem. Because everybody thinks they're saving the bee. You know, we're going to help these bees. So everybody saves bees. It's like the factory. And nobody knows bees. how to prevent swarming. And yeah. so, my, you know, even my dad, he says, he's never. He's always fed the bees because he doesn't pay attention to them enough. Sure, you know? yeah. And here I am, you know, I'm raising bees, raising bees, and he's finally learning how to raise bees. 
And he says to me, he says, my nine hives are still alive. He says, I don't know what I'm going to do this spring if I still have nine hives. And he goes, I think I'm just going to operate on swarming. I think I'm just going to let that take, you know, just let them swarm. Just let them swarm. I'm like, oh, crap. Could, yeah, I know. You know, everybody's calling up, like, thinking these darn beekeepers. There's bees coming in. Because, you know, you get them in town. Yeah. And they're getting into yeah. people's houses. Yeah. And these people are like, now I gotta pay somebody to come to and cut my house to open remove a wall to and... remove them. Yeah, so we're gonna run into a huge problem here real soon. Quick. Interesting. When everybody's decided to help the bees, but nobody knows how to prevent the swarms, and so there's just swarms going everywhere. And we're gonna have so many bees everywhere that there's gonna be complaints, and then now the beekeepers are gonna be under the wire that. Wow. Like for me, you know, control, everybody in right. our city thinks, well, they're your bees, Joel. Your bees are <laughs> over in my yard. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> they're probably, they probably are, but. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I know. I've been just telling them, well, mine are all marked. <laughs> <laughs> if they have green because on them. There's one guy in our city limits and he's got nukes all over in his yard, you know. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, oh, he don't want you enough to keep them from. You know, swarming off or doing whatever. But I thought, oh, even if it's not mine, it's mine. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> Jill's the bee person in our area. So that's so funny. <laughs> and it's not illegal to spray honey bees. No, not it's not. endangered. But everybody thinks that's you know, the, one that yeah. the one that it is. So yeah. they all call. And I'm like, okay. And I'll go and look. And I tell them, okay, you don't want to tear out your honey and plug the hole. <laughs> <laughs> just take care of it there's, yeah, they're like I'll do that there's Sorry. a lot of different um, I feel like I got called a lot of different nut ways um, come get my bees these bees have swarmed they're in my garage and I'm like mm, those are wasps those are not bees I've had them call me on the mason bee okay. or even hornet the paper got, wasps yeah. I've had them call me on those I'm like, I got oh. called on bumblebees Oh, there help me because bumblebees are in are well. Under, bumblebees, like, you can't. They're yeah. endangered. Yeah, you can't be removing those, but people do because they don't want bumblebees. They sting. They're not, but they're a lot less kind yeah. than honeybees. Yeah, yeah. So get ready. That, that sucker we're came gonna like have to in, find a. I don't know. People are really gonna be complaining because it's yeah. gonna cost them a lot of money to get these swarms out of their houses. Mm, yeah. Even the. the well, a lot of the city people, because people are keeping bees in the city now. They're Which, I mean, is better, though. You were just saying, you know what I mean? Yeah, like the bees are honey production. Yeah, in the city then. Yeah. But that means that they're also producing and getting in getting people's, people's yeah. houses. Right, yeah. And they're so probably they're finding more older trees to find their old, you know, in the swarm homes and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. If they find a tree, they're in there. <laughs> I guess the one good thing is everybody thinks they're saving the bees, so... Hey, <laughs> they're happy to have the bee in their house. Just come get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was part of their plan. Now, I see in the future, I know they're going to probably go to a lot of artificial inseminations. Like, maybe possibly making it the only way to buy queens is an artificially inseminated queen. Once we get up and running enough. I think well, the guy who was teaching it to me said, Poland, already now, all you can buy is artificial inseminated queens that's because you can test supposedly you can test the semen for any types of 
um, viruses, so it'll be able oh. to stop any of the viruses that come through. Hmm. Possibly. I don't know how that's going to work, but... Yeah, that's eh, crazy. That's what the talk is. Now, the mite ones that you were talking yeah, about... the mite maulers. Is that the same one that I think Purdue... Purdue mite maulers. Okay. I didn't know that that was the official term of it, and that just Mm -hmm. means that they were just more resistant to the Varroa. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they had that that grooming behavior... Yeah. ...that (laughs) made them pick more of the mites off and get rid of them. That's crazy. Yeah, and he was teaching us. That's who I went to do um, my class through. He was teaching us how to select for making the mite maulers. And, That's awesome. You know, basically, just told us we all can do it, and just gotta start selecting for that hmm. kind of stuff that he said they did to start with the queens. Yeah. So I thought, okay, all right, I can handle this. <sighs> yeah. So, but then it was like I'm too busy, you know. Yeah. That people don't care. Like they don't even care what F one is. They don't care, you know. I don't yeah. care. Just want a queen. They, I mean, and I can crank out just a queen all day long. So I'm like, why do I need to do a bunch of this? Yeah. <laughs> why am I working so anything? People just want a queen. That's what I found so far. I'm like, really? Because oh do you think goodness. people just don't know? No, yeah, I'm they sure. just don't know. I'm sure it's. They don't care. I didn't just know. That's yeah. what I asked for last year. I just need a queen. I need it now. I need it today. And yeah, something's not working. if it's purple. This is, <laughs> yeah. That's what I found. Yep. Yeah, because it's don't panic. Have to do a whole lot of any type of well, because work I don't know where. Uh, so, like, if if we got packages from you, mm-hmm. where would we order a queen if I didn't know you? Well, Tim mm-hmm. mails his queens out. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, I mean that's, I, but even still, what that's three days. Like it, it would take us three days to get it from. Georgia. I had. Um, person in Springfield down by Springfield uh-huh. I can get a queen over to Indiana next morning if you overnight I'm sure no no on just regular priority because oh. it goes from Peoria it goes from my post office at 4 p.m. yeah that evening they take it to Peoria Peoria heads it over to Indiana that morning and it's at that post office huh. for that guy that morning I sent it to a guy down in Springfield sure. wasn't quite to Springfield um, and it had to go all the way down to St. Louis Distribution Center. That took a day. Then it goes yeah. up to Springfield. That took a day. Then it had to go somewhere else. So it took him almost four or five days just to get his priority. And he was closer to me than the guy in Indiana. So it all depends. Now, last year with the COVID-19, we did the two-day. Yeah. And a lot of times that's an overnight deal, too. Like, I could get it to Florida the next morning. If I shipped it off, yeah, and then it get to Peoria and fly down to Florida, and they would have it by noon, the next day. If that I tell you what, the mail is all messed up. It all depends on where they're located, what state, and those major flight routes to different states. Right, that's what all the um, different uh, time frames were all about. But COVID nineteen, they were really pushing everybody to do the two day. Because yeah. they were so backed up with mail that if you sent it regular, yeah, it was no going to take too long. We wouldn't make it. But so I, I went ahead and allowed the guy who was just right in Indiana. I was like, you know, let's let's go for it. Let's try it. And we did, and we've been successful. So that's awesome. I don't know how next year will be. Supposedly, we're still going to get the worst of this. Yeah, but maybe everybody's back to work now. I don't know. We'll see. 
Is that why the mail is backed up so bad? It's just because of COVID and the... It was originally in the beginning they were saying it's all... And then it was crazy because of the holidays. And then the holiday got real bad, which we weren't shipping queens then. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, like, we should be good, though? We should... Well... As far as I know, I mean... Do we really take our chances, we, though? Yeah. Like, I want to ship chicks I, this year, so I would I like I like alive. doing the two-day thing, but it's, what, $30? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when you're paying 35 for a queen, then you want to... That puts you at an expensive queen to get her shipped. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to try going the regular priority if they will. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's tough. I'm just have to test it. Yeah, I, know. I know. And that's the ones is that what do you put in the box that you're like just on your test runs? Do you really want to just keep shipping out queen I after do. queen after queen? I mean, I, I mean, I know, but like I've got friends that are weirdly all over the states and I'm like, like maybe I'll just send them a box it. of chicks and hope for the best and you see ha- what you happens. You almost have to though to know like how they handle yeah it's got to be in there to know if it got too hot in there or not yeah you hate to do it but you do yeah i mean um because then you i mean then you that's just i hate oh the good thing with the bees online we have the queen breeders forum where i you know and i you know talk to some of the other queen breeders and oh my gosh they were so great to teach you how to i couldn't believe it i was like you guys are teaching your competition how to do this they don't care they're just great people yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was like, they'll tell you, you know, well, you'll, they'll always make it this way. But for some reason this year, they were like, we're pushing the, we're pushing the two day. So I That's went perfect. with that. So. It is so nice that there's a lot of online resources, oh, like with yes, Facebook groups great. of just either, you know. The whole... Facebook groups are fantastic. Just yeah. so many. I'm just so. Yeah. I know it's, it's wonderful. And yet it's. Could sure. be bad. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like it's a, it gives you a chance to see, like, issues that other people are having and how they resolve it. Oh, it's You know fantastic. what I mean? So you can learn from yeah. all of and it, too. And the information's like the I mean, the answers. Yeah. As so soon quick. as you post something on that group, you know, for our local yeah. fee, there's five people there that made the answer. Super know? fast. Like, They're probably all wow. different, though, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sometimes it is. Sometimes we argue on some of it, but normally if one person's answered it correctly enough that we're like, yep, give them a thumbs up and say, go with that, you know, because, yeah. cause, you know, like you, you know, you can do it five different ways. Not everybody needs to, yeah, you know, just give everybody a chance. And I know it's on our group that we have within all the breeders, they, they get along just great. We try to, you know, when somebody asks, I need a queen, where are you located? Go to the person closest to you. Yeah, you know that feel. I feel like you be have the most success with your queen too, as long as mm-hmm. that's the closest to you. So yeah, yeah, yep. that's so awesome. Think that gets you going? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's awesome. There's a lot. That's great. So you got to absorb it all now. I know. And I have to turn. Two hours of content into forty-five. No, minutes. you're not. Play the whole thing. This is. Oh fantastic. my gosh. <laughs> you was gonna sit and watch that for forty-two hours. Oh, yeah, there's so much. Send me the rough copy first before you that's get it, because Jake's gonna with, like just sponge all of this. Yeah. That's the problem with bees. Is we could probably talk for literally Each, a whole entire yeah. month and, and not you know, even cover all of it. You can bring a different hive to the table every time, and I yeah. can give you a different answer. Answer. Oh yeah, that's oh, the so problem. Cool. Because you're not just dealing with the hive, and then you're dealing with the weather. 
You yeah. know what I mean? That you're dealing yeah. with the time of the year. You're dealing. And it changes oh, so much too between so many each year. Things. You know, Saturday is going to be the warmest at 36. Then we're getting <sighs> snow again. I know. So it's I feel like that's going to be the soonest that I can just like get your sugar boards done. Yeah. So. Yay! All right, ladies. Well, what's this? This has been fun. What's the name of your? How can people find you? Let's just go that way. Uh, well, so, I have a website, um, Jilby's Honeybee Menagerie, and then that does have a link there to my Facebook page, which okay. is the page is Honeybee Menagerie, but I also have where you can friend, you mm-hmm. know. Well, that's Jilby's Honeybee Menagerie. Okay. We'll, so. we'll link it all on the show notes and stuff. Okay. So. Yeah. I, I don't really advertise a whole lot because... You don't have you don't need to. Need to. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Oh, I'm sure. I stop online. Leanna and I want to thank Jill so much for this interview. I'm telling you, my mind is still being blown as I'm editing this later. But I also put all of her information in the show notes, so make sure to go check her out. She is a wealth of knowledge, so follow along. She is fun to watch. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard today, you can find us at We Chose the Farm on Facebook and Instagram. And to find Hinkle Homestead directly, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Google at Hinkle Homestead. Want to visit the Weiniger Farms? You can find us mainly on Instagram at the Weiniger Farms. Or jump over to our website at WeinigerFarms.com. See you later!